Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. Uh, Today, we're just going to do some updating. We're going to do some overviewing, and we're going to do some real big, scary world observing. But first, we're going to listen to the intro. It's three minutes. You can jump ahead, and I will see you on the other side. Tell me why! so glad you're here. My name is Jill and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger in both the fight and the fallout because my heart and mission is to serve you in yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning is Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. This is my hope. This is what Well, welcome to uh, the podcast for the day. So uh, I was going to, uh, I actually have been, you know, it's early, I've got my journaling, I was all clear and ready to come to talk to you about, which I will in just a moment. But uh, I just was completely knocked off kilter because I thought I'd check my email real quick before 
I started uh, to talk to you, and in it is a response to uh, an item I'm trying to return on Amazon and how it's just another wall that I'm hitting. I made the decision, I borrowed some money to try to get online and function like a human being, so I need power and I need internet, and uh, the power doesn't work. The power system doesn't work. So I'm trying to return it, and, you know, it's just been a big nightmare. <sighs> Deep breath. But the point around that wasn't to uh, share my nightmare. What was to share how uh, stressful everything is to just get simple things done. And uh, I know for myself, my own capacity right now to deal with frustration has been so low for so long. Uh, you know, I really feel like this is one of those things, the Wired for Danger, when I talk about how your nervous system is wired, really is very impactful for what's going on in the world and why some people are getting shorter and shorter fuses, more and more frustrated, more easily. Uh, and other people just seem to roll and it doesn't bother them. You know how things don't, you look at them, you go, doesn't anything bother you where you're like on fire all the time? So we all have extremely different responses. But one of the things that's come very, very clear to me, uh, especially when I made my foray back into the desert to try to find a place to live, was that what I am observing in myself, and you can decide if this is relative to you or not, is that things like fatigue and pain and fear completely uh, those are the biggest things that completely derail me. The more tired I am, the more frustrated I get quickly, the, the less I'm able to tolerate frustration. And, uh, you know, the picture I posted and the, sort of the title of all this is, When Do We Give Up the Fight?, uh, it, that's uh, what that is, is it's the very front of my horse trailer. And there's, you know, underneath the platform area, there are some places that birds in the spring like to build their nests. And this uh, mommy bird, that's her fourth attempt at building a nest under there. It's amazing how quickly she puts them together. So she puts them together, you know, I get up in the morning and I pull them down because I can't have baby birds living up there. Because if hopefully when, you know, I move the trailer or the trailer gets moved, you know, obviously you can't have a nest of baby birds. So I don't want any babies born underneath my trailer. But, you know, every day I pull it apart and every day she builds it back. And so the fifth day she hadn't put it back up. So we'll hope that she gives up and moves on to a better location. But she has a pretty high tolerance for frustration because uh, normally I don't have to pull them down. I, it happens almost every year. Uh, normally I don't have to take them down four times. Usually after the second time they give up and they go look someplace else. Although it is a really good place because it's very protected from the elements. But I was thinking about how persistent and tenacious she has been but she doesn't understand you know I'm the one pulling it apart she doesn't understand why I'm pulling apart she just knows she needs to build a nest and she keeps getting it torn apart it kind of feels like you know what's going on with so many of us and you know as I observe what frustrates me in my personal life you know I can see it's just microscopic and insignificant compared to 
to a lot of what's happening to other people in like really big ways. I mean, we see that in the news, uh, the amount of injustice that's happening, you know, the prison sentences, the, the, uh, just, there's so many things going on that are so unfair. They're so unjust that that's the kind of thing that sends wired for danger people into just a frenzy of frustration that we rage at, we fury at, we want to fight against. But the question, and you know, I've had this question a long time, is when do we let go and when do we give up? Uh, And I, the way I see, you know, the bigger picture is that real freedom comes when you let go, but don't give up. Meaning you may feel like you want to die. That's the worst, right? It gets is when you get suicidal. Uh, I don't want to die. So you let go of, of trying to fight whatever you're fighting against, but you don't give up. You don't quit. You don't die. And that doesn't mean that you keep pushing. I think that this whole push-pull process is really important in understanding what's going on within us in response to what's going out around us. And, you know, that really takes me to something that I've been observing, and I don't really know what to do about it. But uh, I have been in responsive mode to the forces pushing against me, you know, whether it's Uh, my own personal life, whether it's, you know, trying to put content out, whether it's trying to uh, do the right thing, you know, that I try to, you know, make these decisions. Uh, When when life pushes against what you're trying to push out, uh, that creates resistance and it creates frustration and it creates uh, this moment that we have to ask ourselves, at what point do we stop pushing? That was that whole what you want versus what you don't want. At what point are we supposed to let go or give up pushing against what we don't want as that differentiation between, uh, you know, the universe is trying to send you a message, this isn't working, versus this is what you were born for and you're supposed to die fighting for it. I don't have the answer to that because there is no one singular answer. There's just the process and the experience within all of this. And one of the things that I have observed in almost my entire time being alive, whether it's in person or whether it's online, is that most people respond with pushing against. Almost nobody asks questions. And asking questions is that opening where you allow yourself to look at things from a new perspective, uh, to to gather more information about is it time to let go or is it time to give up or is it time to still hold on? Uh, and I ask that question for myself all the time, you know, in terms of interacting with all of you, what I'm doing here online, uh, what I'm doing in the world with my life and 
that's, you know, my journaling process is asking questions. I don't, I mean, I do a purge part where I download my frustrations, my thoughts, my feelings, you know, just what I need to purge out the clutter within me is what I journal. Uh, And then, you know, I'm able to move into a space where it opens, I remove all the clutter, it opens. And then I can ask the questions that are interesting to me, that I am seeking, that I'm exploring, that I'm wondering, uh, and things that I can imagine, you know, beyond that. And I know other people do that, but I don't feel like uh, that's what I'm accomplishing with you. Uh, I had uh, some thoughts, you know, about, oh, I could, you know, something else that I could do that I might have some expertise in. Uh, And then I looked at someone who's actually an expert and I thought, oh, I can't do that. I'm not even, you know, 10% what that person has in terms of their expertise. And so, you know, I took a step back. I asked a question, what again, not that I haven't answered it a hundred times, what again is it that I am best at? And the fight for me is this differentiation between what does it mean to ask the question, what is the truth, versus what is the answer to the question, what is the truth? And I continuously find myself in this position where I'm trying to explain and defend and uh, clarify what is the truth. And then, of course, that's always met with pushback, because if we're not asking questions, then we're in resistance mode or we disassociate and we split off. And there's no receptivity. And I'm like, why do I keep doing this? Because here's what I have observed in my 12 plus years. Nobody really very often asks me a question. They may ask me practical questions, but nobody or very rarely does anybody ask me any questions about all this abstract stuff I'm always trying to explore because that's what's interesting to me. And that is not what people who live on the edges tend to do. People who push forward, who are, you know, push people, fight people in the information world, they're just always telling you how it is, right? This is what is true. This is how it is. And this is why I'm right. And then people respond to that with either pushing against the idea or joining the idea or leaving with no comment. And I don't like that, and I don't want to do that, and I don't want to be a part of it, because I actually don't care what anybody thinks or believes, because what I've learned in in my real life working with people, uh, in my real life uh, in personal relationships, and in my digital online life, is nobody hears what I actually say. And that to me has been the most painful, depressing part of this entire process uh, of my life period is that I feel like I was born to explore an important idea. And I have bent over backwards, upside down, turned myself, you know, bloody in every single way, trying to figure out what to do with what I've found uh, 
and the only thing I do is hit a wall. I hit resistance, right? I, uh, you know, I, I find myself never able to have anybody hear what I say. But I've been at this so long. What I do know and believe and can't prove is that what I think and believe and find, maybe nobody can, or most people, you know, 99.9% can't hear me, maybe a few of you can, is that eventually those ideas come out and you can hear them from somebody else. And so, you know, I've come to accept that I live in a place where I am way on the front of the curve seeking the answers, but it's not my work to be in the the mainstream sharing what I found because when I'm exploring ideas, nobody's really interested. I do it when it's hard. I do it when you have to dig and process and explore uh, in obscure places versus just hit a video and have everything explained to you. Uh, and that's just the way it's always been. There's always been people on the edges seeking truth, ideas, information. And then eventually, it's a frequency, right? It's a bell curve frequency. Eventually, that's, that information becomes mainstream and you push forward. I, was, uh, I started listening or trying to listen to a, a, pod, or a video podcast about... Uh, Musashi, who was the samurai, 13th century samurai. And, you know, he started, his, killed his first person at 13, as a quick review. He, I think he ended up killing 60 people. Eventually, he walked away from the violence and he said, well, this just isn't what I want. This isn't what we're meant to do. Went into a cave and started reflecting to record his truth. Now, I thought he had lived to the 90s, but he actually died at 61, I believe. Uh, but as I was listening to his 21 Principles of Truth, it just is such a reminder. Like, there's no new truth. There's only when you get to it. And it just recycles over and over and over again. You know, we, we're all on an individual journey to the same place, but we all have a radically different way that we're going to get there. And it's really frustrating uh, trying to share things when they're not interesting to people. And, you know, he's had a resurgence, but how many years has it been since he's died, right? So it's, it isn't... it, you know, I, I don't know what to do with all this, but, you know, the point being is that uh, I have tried really, really hard uh, and I don't, it just doesn't work. And at the same time, you know, I have so many limitations that are going on with me. And at the end of all of those, you know, I'm just really clear that it's this pain and fatigue I've got that impacts everything. And it isn't about what to do. It isn't about money. It isn't about anything other than the the rain or the chain, whatever you want to call it, to the pain and the fatigue that I experience that 
that uh, keeps me from moving forward in the way that I want to. Uh, it makes my frustration level so high, I can barely get anything done. And the reason why I share that is I think it's a very common experience with people who have a wired for danger nervous system because most of us burned it out when we were younger and didn't understand ourselves and just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed uh, and that process is like being in a car and having the accelerator pushed to the floor, right? Eventually you burn something out and it just sort of cascades downhill from there. And it's not true for everybody, but I definitely see a theme with people who are very push people, wire for danger people, have a very high burnout rate. And part of that is our lack of understanding about how to recover from it. But it's also very real that sometimes uh, the damage is permanent or real life just doesn't allow for the recovery process to take place. But none of that is personal failure. It's just part of this overall theme that our spirit soul is trying to learn. And so I, you know, I am hitting a wall again. Uh, I should know uh, by the end of the week, whether I'm going to be able to get online or not, I'm starting to have a bad feeling about it. Uh, and so I'm trying to deal with a lot of frustrations here. Uh, I know that I can't keep the horse trailer. So I'm, you know, pulling everything out and, you know, going to sell what I can sell. And uh, in some way, somehow make a transition, whether I move into the truck full time or whether I can get it sold and buy something else that's smaller. But it's just too big and it's too uh, bulky and I can't pull it and I can't travel and I just never bought it to move it around. And, you know, the dream that I've been chasing, just like that baby bird, you know, was a place to live. I had this idea, you know, about putting the trailer someplace and it was perfect, you know, for like building out a deck and uh, it just had so much potential. You know, I've been chasing this dream of trying to find a place to live for over 12 years and just keep banging my head in frustration uh, to the point that it's time for me to just let go and give up of that as a dream. And that's what I was, you know, looking at that bird. Like she's desperately trying to build a home for her family, just like I am. You know, we don't, I need to build a home for the three of us, right? And, uh, you know, it keeps getting torn down, not because she's doing anything wrong, but because it's not the right place for her. So I'm not pulling the nest out to be, you know, mean and vindictive. I'm pulling the nest away from her so that she has to build someplace else because her children might die if she puts it there. But I can't have a conversation with this bird about, you know, you really need to look at blah, 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 right? And, you know, I think that's what happens with us. We don't understand what's happening to us in this world and to our body from this perspective, but there's other strings being pulled that in the end are for our highest good, even if it feels like we're doing nothing 
but banging our head against the wall. Uh, and that's where I get frustrated because uh, I can see, you know, people's perception of what's going on with me is very different than my personal experience with what's going on with me and with my personal observations and beliefs about what's going on with me. And that isn't something I want to defend or have a conversation about because uh I truly know to the core of my being that we are all doing the best we can in any given moment, and it's never good enough. And so the decision isn't how do we do and be in the world so that we're perfect and everything is comfortable and fabulous. Sorry, the dogs are eating something that sounded like they shouldn't be. That how do we make peace with the reality of what is. Just like I have to make peace with the reality that I am never going to have my home be in this effing horse trailer, right? It's just too much for me. Uh, and I tried. I tried, I tried, I tried, and it didn't work out. And life clearly has something else in mind. And uh, part of that is how we view the world and what's coming in the world. And uh, it's less about what's real or true, and it's more about how can we interpret our own perceptions and beliefs so that we can move forward and stop being frustrated. And that's the way I look at it, but I've been really, you know, upset for years and years and years now because I don't like what I've been learning, but I'm finally, you know, it started this winter for me, it's finally settling in a way that I can make peace with it. And I'm settling into this reality that, uh, you know, I have limitations. You know, I've talked about that for a couple years now and fighting against them. I don't like my limitations. I don't like my fatigue. I don't like the pain. I don't like the frustration. I don't like how long it takes me to get things done because I'm too tired to do more than, you know, a certain amount to the, you know, that day. Uh, and I, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I, the more I fight against it, the worse it gets. And these are the things I believe that life is here to teach us. And so when I sit down and do this, and this has been, you know, an excruciating process for me, is what is my one thing, right? What is my one thing? And my one thing is always been my mission, my purpose, my life has always been what is the truth, Right, and I, I've talked about this a couple times, but I'm in repetitive mode because I'm fighting with it. But at the end of the day, that's the only thing that has compulsed me and pushed me forward. All my time, all my money, all my energy. You know, I didn't get married, I didn't have kids, I was on a mission, I needed to know what is the truth. That's all I have ever focused on. And the journal has been the primary tool in addition to putting myself into as many types of experiences as I thought I should and could 
to create the experience to further my understanding of that same question, what is the truth? Then I think it's been like six years. You know, I hit something that was a level of truth I just didn't like. I hated it. I fought against it. I have been pissed off about it for so long because I absolutely know nobody wants to know this. I don't want it to be real or true. And I am super happy to be wrong. But because I'm not absolute and claiming all knowledge and authority, right? I won't say this is the way it is. This is why I'm right. Everybody should agree with me and then fight you when you disagree with me. I just, that is not going to be my way in the world. So, you know, I've been spinning around. I don't know what to do with it. But the only thing that I keep coming back to is it's not my work to tell you what is the truth. But all I can do is help encourage you to seek truth, whether it's about you, whether it's about how you want to be in the world. But the only way I know to get to truth is to be open and to ask questions. And I go back to this. It has been fascinating to me that nobody ever asks me questions. And the only thing I can take from that is that uh, nobody is interested in my version or my perceptions or my understandings because nobody asks me any questions. You guys tell me what you think. You tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I like it when you tell me about your personal experiences and you share your story. I like that. But, you know, it's I know all I am is a mirror to what you are experiencing in the world. And I can understand that intellectually, but it's unsatisfying in terms of what my goal with all this is. And I get derailed constantly. I can hardly ever stay focused on what I know I am probably should be doing with these things and how I keep defaulting into what I don't want to be doing. And I that is my issue, but... Uh, but what I do know is that my own pain and fatigue get in the way. I just, it takes a lot to stay focused in the midst of a lot of pressure. And we in this world right now are under just tremendous pressure. Uh, and I have created this experience where I am spending all my energy trying to find a way to survive and be safe in the world. Uh, and it's not working, right? And so, you know, my question then is always, okay, well, what is it that I'm not willing to see about all of this? Uh, and the response is that no matter how hard I'm pushing at trying to find a place to live and a way to be in the world, that's what I believe I want. It's not happening. Just like that damn bird, I keep pulling that nest out. I keep getting the rug pulled out from underneath me. So what, you know, that's how I look at things. So my question is uh, not what do I need to do, but what what am I missing that is trying to be given to me saying, uh, this isn't going to happen. When are you going to let it go? So 
I am ready to let the trailer go. I am ready to listen in a new way. Uh, I am going to take, you know, these next couple weeks because there's also all this external threat out in the world. You know, the cell phones are going to get turned off. The Internet's going to get turned off. The, you know, digital dollars are going to get turned on. You know, the pandemic is going to come back. Nukes are going to go off. Civil war is going to break out. I mean, just freaking endless fear, 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 push, 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 push. Uh, be very afraid, panic, go buy things. I mean, this is an exhausting process. Even if you had everything in the whole world and every preparation, if you're just sitting in your house perfectly positioned, it's terrible, right? Because there's certain things you can't plan for. I always make that joke about uh, James Wesley Rawl, the ultimate survival prepper writer. And he has this book, you know, How to Prepare for the End of the World. And I, at some point I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh my God, you would have to spend millions of dollars to get every single thing on this list to prepare to survive, right? And at the same time, history shows over and over and over and over and over again that when terrible things happen, war, pandemic, uh natural disaster, 90% of the people migrate, which is why I always talked about that, just walk away, because to plan for what you need to just walk away, I could afford to do. To plan for what you need for every potential disaster out in the world was wildly unrealistic. Now, the grand irony that I find myself in is that, you know, I've been at this 12 plus years, right? I have almost everything I could think of that I would need to hunker down in this trailer and do some level of survival, except for the one thing I can't go by. And that's enough energy and strength to physically navigate that level of survival. And so, you know, it does not escape me the irony of how hard I've worked to create a life, a system, a setup to survive almost anything to be met on the eve of all of it with this terrible reality that I can't physically do it. And that, you know, what that says to me is that, okay, this is something else I need to learn. This is something else I need to let go of. This is another moment in time. I need to ask questions. And that is how I, sorry, the dog is doing stuff. I'm afraid she's going to hit the button and mess this up. So I, that is how I respond. I respond by stepping back and asking questions. And any answer I find for myself may or may not be helpful for you, but nobody will ever know because nobody asks questions. And so, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been home, I've been back on the trailer for a week now. So uh, I pretty much have everything, I took everything to the dump that I could throw away. Uh, I'm starting to pull out everything I can sell. 
Uh, you know, I'm waiting to see if I can get this power supply issue resolved. I'm waiting to see if I can get on the internet because uh, in this physical location, I don't even have a decent cell phone coverage, much less. Uh, so uh, I will know, I guess, by the end of the week, uh, whether I can even stay here for a little bit to get uh, some of my offline projects going because uh, I'm looking at uh, you know what else I can do to earn money but um, that's kind of where I'm at but you know I'm just struck with this reality that uh, whatever I'm sharing uh, you know what you're hearing isn't really what I'm talking about and uh, uh, I am still most interested in how we as Wired for Danger humans navigate the world. Uh, and I'm most interested in what would I want to give to future humans. And that isn't a question, you know, I see anybody else asking. But the value I see in it is it really forces us to think about what is valuable beyond survival. And, you know, food, shelter, and water and safety aren't enough. It's not a society or a culture that creates those things and then stops. That's a very tiny way of being in the world. And the value is everything else. That's the necessity but the value is the mental, emotional, and spiritual process that the body supports and the world contains, but is the least interesting to me. Uh, and all of that, the body and the world, are under such intense threat right now in every way, shape, and form. But the irony behind all of that is... There has never been a point in time, right, where we as humans don't die. This is a temporary process. This, the stage we are on, right, all the world's a stage. The stage and the context and the circumstance is extreme, to say the least. But the outcome remains the same. Uh, and I, you know, I say in the intro, as a Wired for Danger person, without something to die for, we have nothing to live for. And that is how it feels. But I'm starting to understand there's something past that, that is a bigger version and understanding of that principle that is so deeply wired within us. And I say that with the understanding that not everybody has that. And so it doesn't have value to you if you don't have it, but there's almost nothing more valuable to you when you do have it. And that to me is how we're all having wildly different experiences within the world. Uh, and the only reason that I have continued to share my personal experience throughout this process is that one, uh, you can challenge it all day long, but it's mine and it's real for me. And two, it's the only way I've ever learned anything is when others have shared their truth. Not because 
it was mine also, but because there's always been pieces within other people's story that have helped move me forward. They might be temporary. You know, they might be ideas that I hold on for a little while and then eventually I let them go. Or they might be things that I've never forgotten. You know, my favorite story around that is, I think I was like 33. It was a long time ago. I still remember this woman who was, you know, older than me and wiser. And I was on the phone with her pushing, 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 pushing. And she got so frustrated with me, right? It was like she slapped me, but she's like, I can't help you. And it really took me aback. And she explained to me why. Because you don't want to listen. You just want me to tell you what you want to hear. And of course, I did not react probably appropriately in that moment. But I've never forgotten it. To me, that was a spiritual slap that got my attention, that I've always remembered that when my resistance against ideas was so strong, there was something on the other side of that that I needed to look at. When my anger at was so strong, there was a better question that needed to be asked. And I just don't see that happening as the fear and the pressure increases with what's going on out in the world or within our bodies or both, the more frightened we get, the more we're shutting down and defaulting into whatever our fight, flight, freeze preference wiring is for in the face of great danger. Because we cannot be mistaken in understanding that the external danger is greater every single day. The external pressure is greater every single day. But it's not a problem to be solved. This is happening. But there is a question to be asked so that we can seek to understand both ourselves and each other for a deeper truth that lies beyond this body and this world. And that just isn't a journey everybody's interested in making, not even the wired for danger. Because when we're young, the truth we want is justice in body and world. And after we fail over and over and over in both then we might be ready to ask the question, okay, if I can't get justice and peace out in the world, what can I become? What can I do? What is the bigger truth I have not been willing to look at? And we may never get our answer. We just might get a nudge saying, it's not this. And be the baby bird or the mommy bird. Go find a better place to build a nest. Because her truth is, I need a safe place for my children. You know, my truth is not that. It doesn't have to be in this horse trailer parked on a piece of property. There can be a different way. I just don't know what it is right now, but I'm willing to ask that question. 
And so this process with you, it has to be more about asking questions than it has to be for me trying to explain and defend my beliefs and perspectives, because that's not why I need to be here. It's to show a way that isn't normal or comfortable or helpful in the problem-solving world to gain food, water, shelter, and safety. Because all that will always be taken away. All of that will always end. And so, is there more? Absolutely. Do all of us want to know more? Absolutely not. Do I have the answer to any of this? Only in my own belief and perspective, which nobody in the universe will ever share. And I understand that. Uh, I don't care uh, if anybody agrees with me. I'm only interested in doing for you what others have done for me is assist me in the process of moving forward. And, you know, I'm still thrashing around with that. But in the meantime, I wanted to just share that. Uh, I wanted to update this process. uh, And uh, I don't know where any of it will land. I think these next few weeks... Uh, you know, will clarify for me what I can and can't do uh, physically, uh, you know, in terms of where I want to, or how I can live and how I can become functional in the world. Uh, But I only know that what I've been doing hasn't been working. Uh, I only know that I'm doing the best I can. Uh, And I only know that it's time for me to ask different questions. So with that deep breath, my friends, the dogs are now becoming fully engaged as the sun rises, and I will see you next time.